and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and this episode is another instalment of our special series about the climate emergency in advance of COP26. On today's show, I am absolutely delighted to be joined by Professor Mohamed Yunus, a Nobel Laureate and the Emeritus Chancellor of Glasgow Caledonian University, to discuss his vision for society in a post-pandemic world and how and where climate justice fits in with it. Professor Yunus, it is an honour to have you on the podcast with me today. Thank you so much for coming on. So delighted to be with you. Delighted to be back with the Glasgow Caledonian University. Excellent, Professor. I'm going to start by asking about a speech you gave last year at the Trust Conference. This is part of the Thomson Reuters Foundation's annual event, and you outlined a foundation for the the post-pandemic world. And you said we need a new way of thinking to tackle the challenges that lie ahead. And it was built in three pillars, tackling wealth inequality, preventing mass unemployment, and halting climate change. Could you explain about these principles, please, and, and this vision of yours? Yeah, what was trying to uh, draw attention to is that the world is at the verge of uh, uh, the extinction because of major issues, mega issues. Uh, we have to pay attention to these mega issues. And these are, these are the crises which are created by the present system, the way we work, the way we think, the way we build institutions. So we have to go back and make sure that we undo this and create a new system. I repeatedly emphasize, if we go by the old road, we'll always end up at the old destination. And in our case, old destination is not a happy destination. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a suicidal path that we are following. So in order to avoid that suicidal path, we have to create a new destination. We have to imagine a new destination, define a new destination, and then build new roads to go there. Old roads will never take you to new destination. For in order to go to new destination, we have to build new roads. That's emphasis. And during the pandemic, now that everything slowed down or stopped, the economy has collapsed. I said, this is a good time because nothing is functioning. So you have to build them to start functioning again. Don't start the old engine again. Build a new engine and start with the new engine. So I said, the present decision should be no going back. We don't want to go back to where we are coming from. We want to go in a different direction, to go to a different destination. So this is the whole purpose of this period. And the COVID is is a kind of a massive crisis for the whole humanity, Mm -hmm. but at the same time is a super, super opportunity for all of us to start a new, a fresh start. You use the word there, Professor Yunus, suicidal path. Do you believe things will be that bad if we keep on continuing this road that we're going down? Well, that's what everybody is coming to the conclusion because the IPCC report on the climate change, they already told we have hardly 20 years left to get to the 1.5 degrees Celsius uh, temperature. And 1.5 degrees Celsius means we are in the red zone of our existence. We have uh, very little chance to undo and reverse the process. Uh, So if it is 20 years in the global scale, 20 years is nothing. It's like a split second. It will, come, it will come and disappear very soon. So urgency, what I was emphasizing, the urgency of fixing it. Otherwise, we are destined to get extinct. And human beings are almost marked as an endangered species on this planet because of the global warming. Mm-hmm. So this is, a, this is nothing but suicidal path. This is the direction we are coming. 
uh, our last station is coming very soon. That will be the end of the story. And then another massive way we are destroying ourselves, destroying the human society, is a massive uh, wealth concentration. All the wealth of the world is concentrated in very few hands. A very small group of people, they say 1% of the human population, owning 99% of the global wealth. And the remaining 99% of the people have to do with 1% of the wealth. Mm -hmm. And this separation from the people and the wealth, people are in the bottom of the income scale, and the wealth is in the super, super height of the income scale, and almost in the outer space, uh, held by few people, all the wealth, 99% of the wealth out there. So, and that distance between people at the bottom and the wealth at the top is increasing in every, every second. This is untenable situation completely. The whole system will collapse. People have nothing. And we are talking about uh, something that uh, assuring people that everything will be okay. Everything is not okay. It will explode. Uh, this is a ticking time bomb. This is num number two. Number three is uh, uh, massive unemployment created uh, by the artificial intelligence. I said, everything in the world where human beings are involved in creating and producing and so on, will be taken over by uh, artificial intelligence. And there'll be no role left to human being to play anymore because artificial intelligence will take over all kinds of roles. I said, then what, what will be the fate of the human beings? They will be the garbage on this planet, the waste material of this planet. And this is the way we end up ourselves. This is another suicidal path. And then we say, I was trying to point out uh, with the global warming, said that our house is burning and the, this fire is getting worse and worse. But inside that burning house, we are having a celebration. We're having a party, uh, celebrating our uh, successes and uh, growth, economic growth and the fourth industrial revolution and all the technological miracles that we are coming up with. This has no meaning because whatever celebration you are making, the house will not exist. You will not exist anymore. So first thing is to stop the celebration, first to stop the fire, and build it a new house, which will not put you will not put on fire because you put on the fire, the house on the fire. So that has to be stopped. That's what the point I was trying to draw attention to. That's why I said these are all three suicidal paths, and we don't want to follow that suicidal path. This is the time to think new, create new institutions, new concepts, and everything that we have done in the past is the wrong path, wrong concepts, wrong institutions. You mentioned, Professor, that this is a, an opportunity to hit the reset button. But what are some of the challenges with going down these new paths that you talk about, this new way of thinking? you talk a little bit about that, please? Sure, sure. But I want to say reset button. Reset button takes us back to the same thing. Uh, start the same procedure, same. I said, abandon that. Don't even touch those buttons. Create your new buttons and new machines, new, new software, new hardware, so that you can go to the new direction. And there you challenge everything that we have done. Human being is built on humanity. That's what the human beings are all about. We build economics, which don't want to come anywhere near humanity. Humanity is not included in economics. Economics is about maximization of profit. It's a selfish idea because in economics, human beings are defined as someone driven by self-interest. And self-interest is not in line, in, not in sync with the humanity. And you see the vaccine case. 
all the COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. We were pleading to the whole world to make this vaccine as a common good so that there is no commercial ownership over this vaccine. When the vaccine came, we are celebrating because finally we know that we have the knowledge in our hand to stop the pandemic, to protect people from death because vaccine is here. This is our knowledge. But then we saw this knowledge, it became a prisoner of profit. It's behind the wall of profit. They will not like to share with anybody. So it's a global knowledge, but they don't want to share because uh, they want to make super profit. Mm -hmm. I said, then for them, money became more important than human life. See, this is the ugly part of the business system that we built. So we need new business where we will be saying that human beings are driven by self-interest as well as collective interest. In economics, there is no collective interest, only self-interest. So in order to achieve collective interest, we need a new kind of business, which is not in the economics textbook anymore. So we add that tech, new business. This is a business to solve problem rather than make money for yourself. Mm -hmm. So this is a business, a non-dividend business to solve human problems. And we call it social business. So in that business, once we introduce that, this is a new paradigm of economic ideas. The concept is different. Human being can, be work, can work both ways. It can make money. And the same person can also change the world by creating social businesses without taking any money out of it. And we can create social business pharmaceutical companies to deal with the pharmaceutical companies, which is just getting crazy about making money and not figuring out or not caring for people's massive number of death of people and suffering of people. So we create social business pharmaceutical companies. We bring vaccines in an affordable way and share this knowledge with everybody so that our purpose is not making money from the pharmaceutical company or the vaccine company. Our purpose is to save people's lives. And we produce drugs, medicines for people in an affordable way so that they don't have to give it an arm and a leg to buy medicine to have the healthcare. So we produce those things from a social business pharmaceutical company. People ask me, why should anybody do that? What is in there for them? I said, well, this is because you are coming from the old world, which has only profit maximization in your picture. In our new world, there's a different kind of thing. In this world, we'll see making money, maybe happiness, pursuing maximum profit by making other people happy is a super happiness. Mm -hmm. So we'll pursue the path of super happiness by making other people happy. Then that's our pleasure. So that's what incentive is. That's what we want to do that. So we bring all these things. And economics has told us everybody has to work for somebody. Job is the king. Job is the ultimate. Job is the destiny for human beings. I said, that's absolutely wrong thing for people to believe. Job is another name for slavery. It's just a new version of slavery. You give yourself away for the sake of money because you have no other path, nothing, no option left for you. I said, that's not human beings are. Human beings are creative beings. Human beings by nature are entrepreneurs. They are born as hunters and gatherers and problem solvers. That's what the human being, human history is. So we have to reinvent ourselves as, as we are, which economics has made us forget that we are all entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurship needs financing. So we have to build new financial institutions, social business financial institutions, so that there's always money available, no matter who you are, where you're from. You don't have to bring any money, but you can start a business because we will support you. We'll be behind you, like the microfinance. Uh, we'll microfinance, we just give the money. Uh, you don't have anything. You don't even have collateral. You don't have an identity, but we give it to you. 
on the basis of trust and it works. So we can whole, build the whole social business ecosystem for financial system to undo that, make everybody entrepreneur. Education system has to change. Education system today telling uh, how to how the young people to get a good job, what courses to take, which is faster path to getting a job. So forget about job. That's not what the education system is. Job creation, job seeking is not the purpose of the education. Education is to discover your creativity, discover your potential, and go ahead and change the world. And be an entrepreneur, be a creative person that you are. So that's what we will do. I will tell them job will take away your creativity. Creativity and job doesn't go together. Because you surrender your creativity, you are driven by instructions of your seniors, your superiors, and you have to accept that, yes, sir, then you follow. But that's not human being. Human being is to unleash all the creative power that you have, and that's the entrepreneurial job. So you have to come to the entrepreneurship rather than job creation. So these are the things that need to be changed so that you can create an alternative path and create a world of three zeros, zero net carbon emission, zero wealth concentration, and zero unemployment by unleashing the creative capacity and entrepreneurial capacity of all human beings. So it's very interesting you said that about social business and microfinance. How can we use social business and microfinance to help tackle the climate emergency? Well, social business and microfinance came because of the wrong system. We had to fix it and this is our solution. So we are not in uh, fixing the outcome. We are fixing the cause. So what you suggested is fixing the outcome, make them leavable. I said, no, this is not the question of leavable. We abandon that. Those parts we don't want to follow. We want to make sure it never happens. This is not a mitigation issue. Mitigation is to leave, leave somehow with the, all the problems that you have. We don't want to do that. Then you're accepting it. We, the moment you accept it, you're going back to the old roads. All roads will take you to the old path and uh, old destination. We don't want to go through the old path. We want to build new path. The question of mitigation will not arise. First, we'll stop the fire of the house. Mm-hmm. So the fire will not be there. So the question of leaving with fire will not arise. So that's not our solution. Our solution is stop the fire first, even if you have to abandon your celebrations and so on. But this is it. This is your creation. You have to fix it yourself. There's no other person to fix it. So this is how I would look at it. How then, Professor, do we abandon these structures that have been in place for for centuries, these conventions that, that we followed for such a long time? How do we abandon that then and start going down a new path? If they are killing us, if they are burning our house, you still want to keep them? This is an emotional tie you created. But that emotional tie, when it is killing you, they are the killers. So why should I keep it? If fossil fuel is killing me, do you want to still keep the fossil fuel? Because so many people are having jobs and so on. This is a silly argument. Something which is a poison, not for me and not for you, for the entire world. And it's still just because it was there, just because uh, some people have jobs in that, some people are enjoying their cars with the fossil fuel, we have to keep it. So poison is poison, we have to abandon that. It's as simple as that. Urgency and clear decision is the most important thing right now. If you're not going for the urgency, we're finished. That's why I was giving the, I was quoting the IPCC uh, observations. We have only 20 years left, 2040, that's the end limit. And we are talking about zero by 2050, this, zero by 2050, that. 
will, will we see the 25th day? Will it be there? So whatever has to be done now, now one little thing is more important than 50 different things in 2050 where it will not exist. So that our time is very limited. And, and every second right now is more valuable the second coming next time, next moment. So we have to make use of that. So this is the direction. So we have to be very bold, ruthless in changing, abandoning things, bad things that we have been doing. Fossil fuel is a bad thing. Plastic is a bad thing. And massive uh, agricultural waste with the cattle farming would be something that we have to check. So we have to be very uh, ruthless and very clear. This is because patient is dying. You can say that, okay, don't, don't uh, make an uh, amputation or not do this. That's not time for that. If you want to save it, this is what you have to do if it looks even harsh at times. But we have a good alternative. It's all known. The funny thing is, the problem is known. Global warming is known. Nobody debates about that. And urgency, some people may debate a little bit, but it's there. It's already recognized. Wealth concentration is very clearly established. Even during the pandemic, massive number of people, billions of people lost their income, lost their livelihood and went down. During the same period, people at the top, the 20%, had trillions of dollars worth of new wealth. See, this is the way system works. So we have to build a new system where they will bring the wealth to the people. And wealth and people always stay together, not separated from each other ever. We can build that system. It's a question of making a decision. It's not something unknown. It's not something God has forbidden that. No, simply we made faulty decisions, faulty institutions. We created that problem. Wealth always ran away from people. And people of the day. Why we create financial institutions in such a way that money always chasing big money. So if you have big money, more big money come to you. And you still have bigger money and more bigger money come to you. And if you don't have any money, you have no money. So bulk of the people are in the category of no money people. So they remain there and the other people chasing money and go up in the sky and so on. So that has to be changed because we'll be changing the financial system. We'll be having social business financial system. We do the banking not to make money for ourselves, but to make sure the wealth is distributed properly so that everybody enjoys the touch of the wealth. It's, a, it's wealth and people be in, in touch with each other. So that's the kind of thing. So these are the things that we have to make decisions about and very critical decision. This is a very critical time and COP26 hopefully will make those harsh decisions. That leads me nicely on to my next question, Professor. I was going to ask you about COP26. What are your hopes for the event? I'll hope that the people will start talking about the urgency part of it, that uh, not going around the bush, a kind of soft peddling, uh, leaving everything for 2050. You bring a problem, okay, 2050, will everything will be fixed. <laughs> Neither you will be there, not I'll be there, nobody will be there 2050. So we are all clear. I said, no, I want to see it now. And that's why young people are very important. Young people who are marching on the streets saying that their parents have stolen their future because they are left with the world which they have no future at all because of the bad decisions taken by their parents. And what happens to the grand, grandchildren? If children are complaining about stealing the future, is there any kind of future left for the grandchildren? None. 
So we have to make sure this is it. So one quick, good, strong decision has to be taken in COP26. All the fossil fuel, all the coal must stay under the ground. Don't even touch it. Stop right now. Don't say, well, it will take 10 years or it will take 20 years, 50 years to do that. We don't have 20 years. 20 years, we're in the red zone. So we have to shut off the tip and say, this is it. You'll have trouble. You have uh, Some of the planes will not fly. Some of the cars will not run. But we will survive. And we'll have fresh air, clean air for ourselves. So these are the kind of decisions. Very simple decision. As I said, we know the problem. We know the solution. But we don't want to do it. Because you're so comfortable with this. Comfortable because we don't know what's coming up. We, comfort is not what will save us. We have to sacrifice to make things happen. And then everything will start happening. When we start feeling the need for a new fuel, now I hear biofuel is coming for the aviation. Aviation fuel is a biofuel. And this is coming. And renewable energy is coming. Even in Bangladesh, we created solar energy company to bring replace kerosene in the homes of the people so that they have a clean energy with the uh, solar energy. It's all possible. Simply, you have to make up your mind that we don't want to go to the fossil fuel and then 86% of the contribution to the global warming is coming from fossil fuel. But merrily flying around, with driving around, doing everything. And so in 2050, they will fix everything. Today, we are okay. That's not okay. And boldly, COP26 has to say that. We're not okay. We have to stop the fire. And we have not much time left. We have to shut down things. Not gradually with it. Not so, slow down. Slow down is a very, very mischievous word. Slow down means you're not doing anything. Gradually we'll do that. That means you're not, will not do anything. You have to be done, date, date is fixed. If that has to be brought to zero. That's it, as simple as that. And it's a unanimous decision. We have to protect our house. We don't allow fire burning in any corner of this house. Then it will flare up again. So we have to make sure there is no global warming happening anymore and see how you can fix it up. How confident are you that the world leaders meeting at COP26 can put this sort of thing into action? Uh, I don't believe that they will do that because uh, that's not what the history has says. But you have to bring up the voice. That's why the voice of the young people is very important. Voice of the people uh, who are insisting on coming to the zero net carbon emission, very important. Uh, and specify what does it mean for you, for me, and as a community, as a, a community of human beings in the planet, as individuals, instead of depending on the uh, leader's decision, individuals, we can make it happen. We stop using fossil fuel ourselves. Why blame the leader to stop the fossil fuel? Every day I'm using fossil fuel. So how can we stop the fossil fuel? So we have to decide we are not going to use the fossil fuel and ask the government, you must stop the fossil fuel because it is killing our children. Our grandchildren will not be born because of the fossil fuel. So we have to feel that. Today we'll say, okay, well, well, that's not bad. A little, a, little, a little bit of temperature will not harm anybody because I don't see anything happening. I don't see because I don't have the eye to see. So the scientists are watching it every second and recording it, what is happening. And they are telling us the situation is absolutely terrible. So we have to make sure we survive in this planet with glory, not somehow squeak out and uh, lost all our strength in the process. No, 
We want to make clear decision and execute those decisions very clearly. So we want to bring all the pressure to our leaders. They are politicians. They understand the political pressure. So the political pressure has to be there. Media has to work in that. But uh, you see the businesses who create all this problem, they will be strongly advocating, no, no, this is not as bad as they are saying and so on. So you have to stand against them, make sure that it is heard very clearly and, and very loudly that everybody hears that this is it. We don't want our house to be victim of this uh, global warming. This has been a, a hugely interesting interview, uh, Professor Yunus. And I, th- I think a lot of the, the ideas that you're bringing and discussing there, they're, they're very challenging and I Thank hope you. that the world leaders can embrace them. But before we finish up there, I just wanted to touch on your relationship with Glasgow Caledonian University. You have had a, a long association with GCU going back to 2008. And of course, you served as a chancellor between 2012 and 2018. Could you talk to us a little bit about your affinity with the university? Well, I enjoyed it very much. It's, it's a, it's a great- pleasure for me to be Chancellor of the Glasgow Caledonian University and have the friendship of Pamela Gillis. Mm-hmm. She is a wonderful person and we did lots of things together and one permanent thing we have done because of her interest we created a Glasgow Caledonian supported uh, uh, nursing college. We call it Grameen Caledonian Nursing College in Bangladesh. It's a beautiful nursing college. It's now uh, one of the top 10 nursing colleges in the country and we have a beautiful campus and our uh, nurses are world-class nurses because of the support we got from Glasgow Caledonian University and we have given opportunities to these young girls to go to Glasgow Caledonian University in Glasgow to have a higher degree to get a master's degree and PhD and so on. So that's opened up the door because we were in terrible shape in nursing in Bangladesh uh, when we started this. Uh, there's so few nurses in Bangladesh. Uh, the ratio between doctor and nurses was, a, was absolutely unbelievable. There are three doctors per nurse. I said, this is shame. It should have been the other way. There should be three nurses per doctor. So that's the kind of shortage. Now we are addressing this issue and nursing is getting attention and young people are trying to come to study nursing because they see this is, this is a very important contribution to the healthcare system. So this is one. And also... Uh, the uh, university accepting the social business uh, center. Uh, they created the UNIS social business center at the university. And still, this is one of the earliest uh, social business center in, uh, in the whole world. Today, there are 94 UNIS social business centers around the world in 37 countries. Uh, but Glasgow Caledonian University established the first one, or almost close to the first one, UNIS social business center for health. So this is still one of the strongest uh, social business centers. So social business became part of the curriculum of the university and so on. So these are many, many links that we had together and we still enjoy that. Every time our graduation ceremony comes, Pamela Gillis always comes here with her robes and everything, go through a ceremony of giving, addressing the students for the degree ceremony. So that is a wonderful friendship that we have been enjoying. Well, Professor Yunus, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. It was brilliant to talk to you. And thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. Very much appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
I would also like to thank everyone for listening to this episode and I hope you can join us again in the future for more podcasts in our series about the climate emergency in advance of COP26. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast so you get every episode sent straight to your listening device. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you're listening to us from. Until the next time, I've been Craig Telfer and this has been The Common Good Podcast. Podcast.